A very good morning to you all. Why don't you find a seat? It's great to see you all here this morning. If you don't know who I am, I'm Kate Woodward, married to the wonderful, extraordinary and precious man, Neil Woodward. Oh, it's great to be together. Good morning. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Isaiah 54. And if you're, and we're going to do something slightly different this morning. We're going to read the whole chapter and we're going to read it all together and out loud. And before we read it together, I want to give you some encouragement from Spurgeon from his commentary on this chapter. He said, try and suck all the sweetness you can out of this chapter as you read it. The personal application of a promise to the heart by the power of the Holy Spirit is that which is wanted. The honey Jonathan and his men came across in the forest in 1 Samuel 14 never brightened his eyes until he dipped his staff into the honey and tasted it. Try and do the same. This chapter is the forest wherein every bough doth drip with honey. Sip, taste, and be satisfied. Why don't you stand with me? And let's read Isaiah chapter 54 together. Okay, I'm going to go one, two, three, and we'll all go together, okay? One, two, three. Sing, barren woman, you who have never bore child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. And a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. To me this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, 
Your foundations will be lapis and lazuli. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my, my doing. Whoever attacks you, you surrender to you. See, it is I who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage servants of the Lord. And this is the vindication from me, declares the Lord. Lord, we thank you for the scriptures. Lord, we love your word. And we ask this morning, by the power of your Holy Spirit... that you would minister your promises to our hearts as individuals and as a church family. And as we try and suck all the sweetness that we can from your word, and as we sip and taste, let us be satisfied, Lord. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Now, Neil started a series last, last couple of weeks ago which we, uh, about Nehemiah, and we believe it is the word of the Lord. And this passage that we've just read together sits pretty actually with the things we're going to be looking at in Nehemiah. It's all part of the prophetic word that the Lord has been saying to both Neil and I. Because the Babylonian exile and captivity that Neil talked about a couple of weeks ago, meant more than oppression for Israel. It meant shame and disgrace and humiliation. And as Nehemiah finds himself called by God to set out and to restore and rebuild the walls of a broken down and desolate Jerusalem, here we find ourselves in chapter 54, the chapter immediately following Isaiah's incredible chapter on Jesus, the suffering servant. And how through his precious son, Jesus, God was going to gather together all his people and bring them to a place of his choosing as a dwelling for his name. In here in in chapter 54 of Isaiah, we see a glimpse of the future glory of God's people, of that future glory of Zion. And it's enough to make your heart sing, which is just how it starts. Sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Doesn't that make you want to leap for joy? You see, in ancient Israel, being barren was a source of great shame and disgrace. And yet here the Lord is saying to us, the desolate and barren, to those of us carrying the burden of shame and disgrace, that the time has come for us to sing for joy, that the time has come to burst into song. The time has come 
Why? Because our Redeemer has come. Jesus has come. And with him has come the redemption of the Lord. With him has come our restoration from shame and disgrace. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called the city of God's delight, the bride of God, for the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. Say to daughter Zion, see your saviour comes, see his reward is with him and his recompenses accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called sought after. You will be called sought after. The city no longer deserted. And like the Israelites, when when we ourselves have been through seasons of devastation, when we've been through times when things may have looked hopeless, do you see what the Lord says? Do you see what he says? Does he say close ranks? Do you see how he doesn't say, batten down the hatches and lick your wounds? Do you see how he doesn't say, retreat to your homes and hide yourselves away? In the face of everything, this exile people have been through. This is what the Lord, their God says. Now, now, enlarge the place of your tent. Now stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. And this is the word of the Lord for us here this morning. The Lord is saying that it's time for us to enlarge the place of our tent. The time has come to stretch our tent curtains wide. It is time not to hold back. It is time to lengthen our cords. It's to strengthen our stakes. And the Lord has us spread out to the right and to the left. We are to ready ourselves for the coming of the kingdom. We are to ready ourselves for a breakthrough. We are to ready ourselves for all the Lord has in store. And if if you've been around this church for a length of time, you may have heard me speak about a church with no walls. Because I've always believed that the Lord's calling on this church is to be that very thing, a church with no walls. I know I'm an idealist. I do like to dream big dreams, but I think this is a vision from God for this church. Because we serve a God who has no limits. And there are no limits to what he wants to do in and through us all. Let me tell you how I saw the vision. The structure of the church was tent-like, and it had no walls to it. So we could expand, grow, expand and grow as the Lord would have it. The sides of the tent were easy to roll up and open up. There were lots of fresh air. And if you, if you know me well, I love fresh air. And one, but there was nothing stagnant or stale. In the vision of the church, and the air was fresh and pure, it felt like mountain air. In around the tent, there are hordes of people all milling around, all busy doing the stuff. But none of them overstretched. The top was like a fast canopy, which started and reached all around. There were no stairs or steps, just ramps everywhere so that no matter your ability, all could come in. There was not just one front door, but entrances and ways in, right the way round, open for all. The sides of the tent are vast, and it's like a marketplace where fresh bread is being baked, people are being clothed. There was shelter for the marginalized, the lonely, and the oppressed. Orphan children were running around, 
laughing and feeling safe. Old and young were chatting and laughing alongside one another. People that needed medical attention and prayer were being carried in. People who were in difficult situations were coming in. There were many languages being spoken and people of every, every race, color and creed, walked and worked together. And the whole place had this deep sense of mission and purpose, like a campaign tent in the war zone. But the whole place was filled with peace. And at the very center of all this stands an almighty cross, pure and simple and ablaze. And it's the most important thing in this whole place. The cross is at right at the center of all that we are. And the cross can be seen from every angle, from every aspect, both inside and outside. The cross is so big and bright that every passerby can see it. It's not hidden away. It's not in any shadow. The cross stands true and tall. And there is real expectancy in the air. And the air is thick with the presence of the Lord. And it all has no beginning and it seems to have no end. To those communities around the tent, you couldn't tell where the church starts and where the church ends. And we've begun to see wonderful things blurring, all of those lines between where the church starts and where the church ends. As we at Southwest London Vineyard have so many wonderful ministries being led by so many wonderful people, doing some amazing things, serving those around us. And so we have Job Club, which has been described as a little piece of heaven on earth. And we run food banks and fuel banks and Little Fish and Wat Pram and all of these and more are ways in which this church is becoming a picture of the church with no walls. But there is so much more. The heart the Lord has hardly begun with us. We are to ready ourselves for the coming of the kingdom. We are to ready ourselves for breakthrough. We are to readying ourselves for the Lord, what the Lord has in store. And recently, actually this week, or the just the end of the beginning, oh, this week, the la- end of last week, the Lord has expanded this picture to me. And he has shown me that it's time to become not only a church, no walls, but a church, no ceiling. Have a look at verse 4 and 5. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth. Remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. There are no limits to what God can do. There is no ceiling that we can put in place that can stop the Lord's word from going forth and fulfilling its purpose. The God we worship is a God that has no limitations. And so we are not to be afraid. We are not to fear disgrace. We will not be humiliated because the Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is our Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. And at the center of this church in a tent, with no walls and no ceiling, all around the cross of Christ, people are just lost in worship and adoration to the Lord. Worship and praise fills the place. 
people are singing to the Lord and to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And as we worship God in all his greatness, for all his goodness, in his kindness and grace, the kingdom of the king breaks through and heaven touches earth. And there is nothing to get in the way. There are no walls to prevent us from reaching out to our cities and communities. There are no walls stopping the last and the least and the lost from coming in. And now there is no ceiling limiting our connection with God. And there's nothing getting in the way of God reaching out to us. And as we worship, gathered around the foot of the cross, blazing from the very heart of this, wall-less, ceilingless church in a tent, nothing ever stops but everything just multiplies and expands. And as we worship him fully, we have the freedom to stretch out our hands, reaching up to the Almighty and interacting with him in a new way. And as we begin to see him in a new way, we gain fresh revelation and new insight and fresh perspectives. And we begin to see him like Moses saw him face to face. But the call and the challenge to us all is this call to worship and intimacy. To commune with the Lord Almighty. To walk with our God in the garden in the cool of the day. Not to hide from him like Adam and Eve did because of their shame and guilt. Because when we find ourselves wanting to run and hide, it's because we really don't know the truth about the God we worship and serve. Because our God is a God of love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so if we find ourselves wanting to run and hide, to cover ourselves from guilt and of shame, we just need to talk with him. We just need to reach out to him. We just need to allow ourselves to dip our toe in the waters of his abundant mercy and grace. Because what we do vertically from man to God will affect what we do horizontally from one another to others. And this is why we've been encouraging one another to dig deep in the scriptures once again and make them a priority. This is why we've been encouraging one another to commit to prayer this coming year and why we've been saying find a prayer group to join. This is why we've been running evenings of prayer and worship, like worship at the Ritz, so we can grow in our worship of the King, so we can grow deeper in our worship. And these aren't optional extra. These aren't good things to do if we, we have a spare hour or two. These are the foundations of our faith. These are the things that will determine who we are and what we are becoming. Because of this vision the Lord gave me, of a church without a ceiling. I spent some time just marveling at Michelangelo's creation of Adam, on this, which you'll find on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in Rome. 
against the background of an empty sky, the creator and the angels on the left of Adam. Stretched out on, and Adam is stretched out on a barren ground. The God of, he- of the heavens reaching out to man, seeking out the whole of mankind with such a sense of urgency and longing that you see in God's windswept hair, in his eyes, even in his posture, desperate to bring life to do to the somewhat passive Adam, who's almost lounging lazily, propped up on his elbow, just about holding out his hand. And from the outstretched arm of the Creator flows the spark of life. And thus it was. And evermore shall be that God is the author of life. It is God who reached out to give breath to Adam, filling his being with life. And it is God who reached out again through Jesus to the whole of humanity, giving every last one of us the hope of new life. And it is arguably one of the finest works of art ever made, full of dynamic power and pathos. But there is a choice to be made. There's one decision we all have to make. Will we allow the Creator to touch us? Will we allow heaven and earth to meet? What would it look like to be a church with no ceiling? What would it look like if not only in our day-to-day lives at home or at work or on holiday or whatever it is the Lord sends us, but here on a Sunday or whenever we gather as God's people, be it at house group or prayer meeting or an evening of worship or job club or food bag or vineyard kids or whatever, what would it be like if we touched the hand of God. If the ceiling we've put on the church came right off and there was nothing between us to get in the way of heaven touching earth. Because there is so much more. The Lord has hardly begun with us. We are to ready ourselves for the coming of the kingdom. We are to ready ourselves for breakthrough. We are to be readying ourselves for all the Lord has in store. And just as Nehemiah is returning to Jerusalem to rebuild and restore the walls of the city of God, this chapter in Isaiah is pointing to the future age, is pointing to the future glory of Zion, An age where the kingdom will come in all its fullness. An age inaugurated by the coming of Jesus that will reach its fulfillment when Jesus comes again in glory. But as kingdom people who live in an age of tension between now and the not yet, we are to seek the breakthrough of the kingdom in our lives and in the lives of those around us. As a kingdom people... As citizens of heaven, we are eagerly awaiting a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be crying out to God for more of the not yet 
to break through into our now. And as we take down the walls that separate us from one another, as we tear off the ceiling that gets in the way of our relationship with God, so that we see the kingdom of heaven breaking through, as we proclaim the good news of Jesus to poor, to the poor, as we proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, as we set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, because the Lord is building his church and the Lord is building this church and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Have a look at verse 11. Afflicted city lashed by storms and not comforted. I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapis lazuli. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness you will be established, tyranny be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Why don't you stand? <laughs>